Hello. Oh my god, hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm, uh, I've been very busy the Bitch. last few weeks. I know you know. Um, yeah. But yeah. Also, this is Hot for Justice, and I'm Jessica. And I'm Jamie. And yeah, no, we've been a couple of busy little bitches the last few weeks. So um, unfortunately, the podcast did go to the back burner. Um, yeah. If, you know, you were subscribed to my other podcast, you, you know, you'd still have more of me. Um, you know, shameless self-promo for why do you like this? Yeah. Um, I was then- actually going to be on that, what, like a week ago, but then I was, I've been having some kidney pains, you guys. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, actually, you were going to be on was going to be my second plug. Uh, Zach's podcast, my husband, um, which is called Weekend Plans. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's Covering a lot of like, pop culture reviews and, you know, stuff like that. And, yeah, we recap The Bachelor, Bachelorette, and um, now Bachelor in Paradise. Um, oh, yeah. So well, we'll, I'll come on for an episode. episode of that now that I'm feeling better. Cause, um, oh, hell yeah. I was thinking I was going to need to go to urgent care there for a few days because uh, – you were dying. I know, I know it's very oddly specific, but I was having kidney pains. Um, no, if you know, you know. I, and I know like, because I have had a kidney infection. Right, and I was petrified that you were going to have another one. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of feeling like I was too, and um, yeah, so I feel better now, though. Oh, good. I, I was also concerned it might be like stones or something, because one of my coworkers, that happened to him, and he had to go to the ER, and like he's had to like totally like overhaul his whole like mm-hmm. deal because because of it. Um, I was a little, a that's what I was thinking. I was like pretty, I was pretty sure I had kidney stones, but then I was also reading like if you were in manageable pain, you weren't throwing up or, you know, all these other symptoms, then you could kind of just write it out. So I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that's indeed what I had or if I was just dehydrated, but I was drinking a lot of water. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Whatever. Here we are. I'm going to cover the case <laughs> <laughs> of, a, of a local missing man, actually. Oh, like local to you? <laughs> yes, local-ish. Okay. Not to Lodi, but to where I grew up. Um, ah, and yes. this is actually really recent, and that's why I wanted to do this, because maybe somebody like has some information. Actionable. Yes, because uh, it was it's just really strange, and it's really sad. So, um, and actually, this prompted was because we went up to Pinecrest this weekend, and there were missing... Um, missing flyer, not flyers, but like banners around. Um, oh, with, and there's a, and a, a reward, which I'll get into for, you know, credible, obviously, tips. So um, I think August, Oh my God, there's money involved? Ugh. <laughs> I mean, you know, that gets people going. So, it really you does, know. unfortunately. No, if you're, no, all jokes aside, though, um, if you are in that part of Calaveras, Tuolumne yeah. counties. Like, keep your peepers peeled right now, okay? Yes. So, and you can also get involved in some of the search parties that they're hosting because the family is organizing searches. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. So, um, August 2nd, 52 year old John Stivers um, unexpectedly disappeared. So, it's just really strange. And the sheriff's department have classified it as suspicious, although they're not like coming out and saying that there is foul play involved. They're really unsure of what happened still. So, everything is just speculation. Um, I'm referencing a Union Democrat article by Giuseppe Recapito um, that came out about two weeks ago. Um, so, uh, August 2nd was only three weeks ago, just to kind of put that into perspective. So this man went missing only three weeks ago. 
Um, I'm going to kind of scroll down and kind of jump around a little bit because some of the, the information, you know, there's, of course, some dialogue in here and, and such. So um, um, she had been told that her husband was supposed to be going into work. Um, that day they owned the Tuala, oh, let's see, they, they owned the Lake Tolick campground and marina in Jamestown, California, which is pretty close to, um, Sonora. And so, I actually think I've camped there. Have you? Yeah, it's I'm really almost pretty. almost 100% certain. Um, uh, so really quick aside, yeah, when I was a kid, like, I mean, really up until like a couple years ago, me and my family would go camping like all the fucking time. <laughs> and, um. It's what's really funny too is because um, Zach is also from like a, a nearby town, yeah, up there, and uh, it, it's also on Lake Tolick. And yes, we like always say up, down, left, right, and center that that's the worst lake we've ever camped at. <laughs> yeah, my like I no have, shade. But. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not. I mean, the lakes up there aren't my favorite. Just in general, they're not like super nice. I mean, but also we could go to Lake Tahoe if we wanted, and that's like the most right. perfect place on this planet. So. <laughs> So when you um, have, like, choices. Right. Yeah, you yeah. could also go to, like, Mount Shasta or, like, Lake Berryessa. Like, all great fucking places. Like, yes. Lake Berryessa has my heart and soul. Um, that's where my family's had property. Yeah. Since, I mean, before I was born. Oh, yeah. Um, I know. Like, when my mom was born. Like, that's, that's cool. how old the property is. Yeah. Um, so, all that good stuff. Okay. So, they owned the that campground and marina. Sorry, you can hear my puppies pitter-pattering to run upstairs to follow Zach. He just that got home. Adorable. Um, so his wife, Michelle, said that there was nothing that appeared out of the ordinary when she last saw them. He was at home working. He was doing their payroll, I think it said, um, and some paperwork. So they had lunch together, and then he left to go to work. Um, and he said that he was going to go to the bank in Sonora to make a deposit. And then... Um, she said he called her about two o'clock to let him let her know that he left their golf cart down like at the clubhouse of their like community right so they actually had plans for the next day mentioning like tahoe they were supposed to go to lake tahoe because um, lake tahoe sucks I'm yeah <laughs> lake lake tahoe is like unbeatable honestly and then um there was they they were they had a uh, it says recreational vehicle so um it's so formal. Like an ATV of sorts? No, I'm thinking like an RV. Like oh, like a, an actual, like a trailer e- RV yeah. situation. <laughs> Which is just like so formal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was going to bring their camper home later that evening. But by 9 o'clock, she hadn't heard from him. So she said, like, it's not weird because, you know, they own a business. So sometimes stuff would come up and, like, he would have to be there late. But um, he wasn't responding to her calls or text messages uh, so she's thinking maybe his phone died. So she actually called down to the campground, and then the workers there had told her that he never showed up at all. Oh, shit. Yes. So his plan, like I had said, was to go from home in Copper to Sonora, which is probably about a 30-minute, 35-minute drive. Um, and Wait, it's kind okay. of... I, I think I missed that this was, like, in... It slash, actually, in Copperopolis. Yeah, so the where they live, um, Zach just giggled because that's where the city he's from or town, excuse me. Yeah, it's not big. So, um, yeah, it's from my understanding, isn't like Tolik like in Copper like ish area? Yeah, yeah. So like one hundred percent is. It's I think that their house is in Copper, and like they were, he was gonna go to the marina where you know he worked after he went to the bank. That's what my yeah. 
So I will say that Marina does have a fabulous restaurant. <laughs> I've never been. Um, but I have been in that area. I literally just drove through it. It's pretty back roads and like the service is super spotty out there. Um, (laughs) no, it's it's real bad. Like as someone who frequents there to go visit his family. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad up there. So she said immediately she called the sheriff's department and then she was told that earlier that day, his 2013 Chevrolet Express passenger van had just been found on the side of the road and there had been no one in it. So that call, let's see, there it was a suspicious vehicle call. So just essentially like an abandoned vehicle. Um, right. I'm trying to find where what the street was. Um, the it says the van was um, found between five and eight thirty on Campo Seco Road in Jamestown. However, at the sheriff's office, there's a you know the records. There was a suspicious vehicle call at seven forty nine p.m. August second at that at that road, Campo Seco Road and Seco Terrace Drive. So, since then, there has been searches with um, the sheriff's department has put together searches. And the family has also put together searches. So they have, let's see, um, there has been, I I read it, I read it in there. Oh, unmanned aerial vehicles, so UAVs, search and rescue personnel, and canines have searched that entire area. Um, Because, you know, your first thought is maybe he pulled over and got out for some reason or, like, Right. You know, something, maybe he fell and hurt himself and he's, like, out. Because it's woodsy. Like, it's... it's Oh, 100%. It's, like, hella trees. Yeah. Like... You know, so I maybe like, he just needed a minute or I don't know. So... It's also, like, um, windy up there, too. So, like, you know, if you get carsick or, you know, whatever, like, that's... I mean, it happens to me all the fucking time up there. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that's maybe he weird. Who knows? But, um, yeah. They... They, yeah, so they said that right now they're processing surveillance video and forensic, finishing forensic analysis to develop his timeline for that day um, of his activity and how his car ended up there. Um, it's just really quite strange. And the sheriff's, like I had said earlier, the sheriff's department characterized this as suspicious, but there's no evidence that links it to foul play right now or a person of interest. Um, they said that the van had no damage to it, so it wasn't like he got in an accident, pulled over, and something happened. Right. Um, it looked normal. So they also, uh, the families organized searches. Um, they've had boats on nearby lakes, which um, include Maloney's Lake and Don Pedro. They've had airplanes flying over all of the lakes and the Chinese camp area, which is out kind of going towards Yosemite. Um, they've had people on dirt bikes going behind Black Oak Casino, which is actually pretty far away. It's like up past, well, it's up in Sonora, but it's, yeah. it's pretty far. Um, people on horseback and just like a lot of people looking and the sheriff's department actually recommends not going alone. So if you, oh. you know, want to get invo- involved in that, there's a Facebook page where they're coordinating searches, but please, yeah, please do be safe and don't go alone if you decide to go do that. Um, and we'll make sure to link that in all of the things in the description yes yeah so uh you know it's she has a they have a 14 year old daughter um it's really sad it's not like you know he it seems like he's not the person who would just up and leave his family right um 
So there's no information about any of his like phone data, um, but I don't think... That's really weird, too. Yeah, there is a sentence in here that says that at this time, the sheriffs hasn't... They haven't uncovered any evidence of him being somewhere else. So I'm assuming that means they're tracking his bank records and whatnot. Though, if he was going to make a deposit, I would assume he had some money on him, although I wouldn't know how much, you know, with when you own a business. But... It's not like he drained their bank accounts and dipped. Um, right. <laughs> and by all accounts, he seemed like, you know, they had active plans for the next day and he had yeah, a child, that's so. really weird if he just, like, up and dipped. But, yeah, like, I mean. If there's no. Mm, yeah. Mm, I, don't, mm, I don't like so, it. So, also the fact that he went to go make a, a, a deposit is kind of weird that and then he goes missing or before that he goes right. missing. Like, what if so, he got robbed and then, like, I don't know, like, what do you mean there's, like, not enough evidence to, like, support a motive or a crime happened or whatever? Like, that's, like, the first place that my brain went was, like, oh, yeah. What if it was, like, a robbery or, you for know, sure. some sort of whatever and that went bad or, or maybe they kidnapped him? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, I think these things normally don't happen there. Of course. No, it's not so at all. Small. Like, this is fucking crazy. That's why when you, like, were yeah. this area, I was like, what? what? Yeah. So um, there's a the Facebook page will link called Find John Stivers page. Um, there's also um, Sheriff's Office has a missing persons post um, on Facebook. There are like uh, like I mentioned, there are a lot of you know theories about what happened. Like we're speculating right now. We don't know. Nothing has been yeah. verified. Um, this news article points out that there are eight missing persons from this area over the last 35 days. Wow, that's a no, lot. No, excuse me. Eight since May and five over the last 35 days. That's still a lot. It's a very, it's, it is a lot. So two of these people um, were associated with a homeless camp off of private land. Um, they were reported May 11th. And um, there was uh, Heather Jones, 26, was missing since August 3rd, which is um, the date. That. Day after. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Stivers report also notes August 3rd as, as his date of disappearance, but it, I mean, it, he was last right. heard from August, uh, August 2nd. Um, and yeah, the eight people that are listed are still missing. The Sheriff's Department isn't linking any of that together. They're, they said that there's, um, I mean, really no reason to think that. Right. Um, they're connected which i mean that's it is a lot but how wild i mean it, i don't know it's random it's random to put it together so it's just yeah, kind of I mean, a, if there's a, nothing so, yeah. that is like an obvious identifier that mm-hmm. would link them then i guess yeah sure but like I don't know, it's still weird i feel like that's yeah that's just like a, a lot of people especially yeah. if we're up there i mean it, there's it not is. a lot of people up there to fucking begin with correct so, yeah so um, I mean, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> no, it's true. It's it's true. So, Michelle Stivers characterized her husband as resourceful and helpful and, and enthusiastic. They have owned that campground for 17 years. Um, he, you know, he was an ingrained member of the, you know, community there. He was board member at the um, Homeowners Association from the area they, they uh, you know, live in. So, and he, as I mentioned, he had a daughter. So, this is super sad. And if you have any information... Uh, they are asking you to contact the Sheriff's Office Investigative Division at 209-649-2900. Um, 
He, John, is described as six foot two inches. He is 215 pounds with salt and pepper hair and hazel eyes. The morning of his disappearance, he was wearing a green, a dark green stone brewing shirt, jeans, work boots, and a large Tilly hat. So, yeah, actionable, recent. If you know anything, please say something. These, you know, this poor family deserves to know what's going on. Um, and I hope that they find him and he's okay. Yeah, me too. Can you say the phone number one more time? Yeah, it's 209... One second. Let me scroll down. (laughs) 694-2900. So, again, we'll have it in the description as well, just so that, you know, it's all, you know, clickable and what have you, but... Easy to access. Correct. Yeah. Um, So, you up, girl? So, mine's a little less recent. (laughs) Um, So, uh, this is coming from the Reddit machine. Oh, yeah. And... It is a post by the user Buckeye Blondie thirteen. Okay. Um, and this was posted about a week ago from today's recording. Um, two sisters murdered the nineteen seventy four unsolved case of Mary and Suzanne R- Recker. Um, I know. Um, so the um, author usually you know covers cases from Ohio, hence Buckeye Blondie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I but this that. one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got it. Got it. Got it. You know. Um, but, uh, this one actually comes from Minnesota. Um, so Mary and Suzanne, some reports list her as Susan, but her gravestone says Suzanne and, you know, we're inclined to probably believe that. Yeah. Um, I would hope. they were, uh, 15 and 12 year old sisters from St. Cloud, Minnesota on Labor Day of 1974. The pair left their home at around 1130 in the morning to go to Zare's shopping center. Their last confirmed sighting is at the convenience store at around 130 in the afternoon. Um, on September 28th of 1974, two teenagers discovered Suzanne's decomposing body in the grasses of, of a salt quarry outside of St. Cloud at 2 p.m. Mary was found 40 feet below the surface of the water, having been thrown off the side of the quarry at 6 p.m. that day. Uh, Suzanne had been stabbed 12 to 13 times, and Mary had 5 to 6 stab wounds. Uh, Mary was unclothed, and her clothes had been thrown into the water after she was. How do they know that what time she was dumped off the query? Um, I'm guessing probably by, you know, analysis of the bodies um, okay. and, you know, how, how, I guess, much water damage was done to them. Can you tell me again how many days, how many days was that that they went missing, they were last seen, and then they were found? Um, from Labor Day to September 28th, so about three weeks. Okay. Ish, you know. Okay. Um, so, um, and I also thought, uh, it was interesting, yeah, that again, like, you know, I feel like dumping bodies, like, weeks later is a bit, a bit weird, but that's yeah. my own speculation. Um. Well, if they hadn't been do- dead that whole time, they were, you know. Well, so they were, uh, listed as decomposing bodies. So, I mean, it, kind of hard to say. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyways, um, in 2018, their mother, Rita Recker, confronted a possible suspect on his deathbed. A man admitted to St. Cloud Hospital for liver failure following years of alcohol abuse named Herb Notch had been a suspect in the murders for um, about two years into the investigation. He was 17 at the time. Um, He had recently been arrested after kidnapping and sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl, Sue Dukovitz, who worked at a convenience store in St. Cloud with another boy. Reportedly, the accomplice had no idea that Notch was intended uh, to kill the young girl. He stabbed her and left her for dead, but thankfully she survived. 
The accomplice later agreed to an anonymous interview with Box 9 in the 1980s, while both men were still in prison for the crime. The accomplice had stated that Notch had absolutely zero remorse for the crime that he had committed. He told reporters, the guy was hissing like a snake and talking like he wants to kill everybody. Ew. Yeah. So, the year of the murders of the Rucker sisters, a friend of Notch, Russ Platts, had been working with Notch at the Zare Shopping Center, the same place from where they went missing. Okay. Um, Platts is one of the teenagers who found the bodies of the girls. He remembers Notch sitting in the parking lot of Zares on his day off, staring at passersby. Platts eventually asked Notch about the Wrecker girls, and he said, Herb, I, did you know about this or have anything to do with that? I don't remember which way I worded it, but he went hiss, and that was the only response I got out of him. What the fuck? If somebody hissed at me, I would probably be like, what are you doing? Are you Okay. If you hiss at me, I will smack you across the face. Yeah, that's what I want to say, but I know I actually wouldn't do that, but I would want to. I would probably do it. I would be very inclined to actually smack somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. It's weird, Um, but okay. (laughs) Very weird. Um, And then he reported this to the police, who in 2018 said that they remembered his report well. Um. So, Notch is also linked with the, with two other murders of women in the 80s and 90s. He was given a psychological evaluation completed sometime after he was sentenced that described him as a very dangerous person in the right situation, a homicidal individual. Notch okay. insisted, uh-huh, uh, that he passed a polygraph test in relation to the Wrecker sisters' murders, but a detective noted that his test had come back inconclusive. Flash forward to 2018. 82-year-old Rita Rieger confronted 58-year-old Notch on his deathbed in room 549 of South St. Cloud Hospital. Honestly, power move. Yeah, you go, girl. Um, he vehemently denied any involvement in the girl's murders. I give you my word I didn't do it, she, report, she reports. Um, after asking why Rita wouldn't simply get over the murders of her daughters, he's stated tritely, I'm going to hell. There's no physical evidence linking record to the case. Um, shockingly, in 2014, a victim of sexual assault brought up another interesting suspect. So, again, he, he's never been, like, formally tied to it, but there's just, a, you know, it's all circumstantial evidence against him. Mm-hmm. And, like, he said, she said. Do they not, do they have, do they note it? <laughs> do they note any other, like, evidence that they um, might somebody, have? Do they have DNA? Yeah, yeah. Do they have fingerprints? Do they have anything? I have more for you. Oh, Okay. I even have more suspects. Yay! Um, Georgian Dreyer from uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota, was attacked in the same quarry that the Wrecker sisters were found only days after uh, their murder in 1974. The man, assumed to be in his late teens, identified himself as Lloyd, who was a traveling carnival worker. First of all, never never trust a carnival. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's never good, is it? No. Um, I'm sure that there's some that are very well-meaning, but just don't, don't fuck with carnies. Listen, um, we just don't trust anybody we don't know. We, we Stranger danger is real. Stranger that's, that's, that's danger all we say. is real. That's what, that's what we gotta say. We should put that on a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> Anyways. Um, if, if we even end ever up do it. merch, we'll do that. <laughs> if we ever do merch again, remember we had those stickers for like five minutes? Oh, we did. Yeah. I still have a few. Well, I mean, that's our old logo, so I guess it's kind of a moot point. If anyone wants an OG Hot for Justice logo sticker, send me a DM. Okay. Send yeah. it to you for a dollar. Um, <laughs> I think it's my charge from the last time, anyways. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> 50 cents. 
There you go. Boom. Just cover the cover the stamp. Right. That's all we ask. Yeah. That's all Jamie asks. Exactly. Um, anyways. Um, so apparently George Ann had willingly gone to the quarry with Lloyd after he asked if she knew of any good sw- swimming spots. Okay. Um, she says that she watched him come across the parking lot on a bike directly from the Zaire shopping center. His mood suddenly shifted and he sliced open her jeans with a knife. Yeah. You do it or he die. She recalls him threatening. The man had a scar on his eye- his left eyebrow, excuse me. Uh, during the assault, uh, Lloyd described in detail many violent sexual fantasies as well as an obsession with assaulting and hurting sisters. No. Um, it took 40 years for the unknown assailant to be identified as Lloyd Welch, who is indeed a traveling carnival worker. 10-year-old Catherine Lyon and 12-year-old Sheila Lyon disappeared just outside of Washington, D.C. in March of 1975. In 2014, with the help of George Andreer, Lloyd Welch, then a convicted sex offender, was named a suspect. Damn. The bodies of the Lyon sisters have never been found. Um, there's a, additional articles linked about them in this Reddit post. Um, okay. But we're not going to like go into a bunch that of That right now? Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, at the time of his arrest in 2014, Welch was a suspect in numerous crimes across the entire United States. Um, Dreyer uh, reached out to law enforcement regarding her su- her assault to name him as her perpetrator. Uh, she had known Welch's girlfriend, uh, Helen Craver, and gave it to law enforcement, who found out that Welch and his girlfriend had traveled across the country together for many years. Mm-hmm. He bled pled guilty to first-degree murder for the Lion sisters in 2017 and was sentenced to 48 years in prison, Good. which I feel like is not a long time for two murders. No, should be life. I, I don't understand sentencing, but that's another topic for another day. A hundred fucking percent. <laughs> um, anyways, um, Dreyer was convicted or convinced that her attacker had also killed the Wrecker sisters, going as far as to visit and write to Welch while in prison and to ask that he confess. He denies any involvement. However, when investigators spoke to Welch about the exchange letters, uh, he said that Georgianne said some things about him that were accurate that a few people would know. Um, hmm. And then law enforcement did not necessarily suspect Welch, but they also don't rule him out. Um, Rita Recker and law enforcement are in agreement that the killer uh, must have been from or familiar with the area. Rita believes um, that the murder had an accomplice, although law enforcement says it's only a possibility um she was actually a part of the tri-county crime stoppers in that area um for a while and actually just retired last year um it's so sad i know um in 2016 law enforcement confirmed that they believe the murder was still alive and was likely young at the time of the murder Mm -hmm. 2006 dna testing of the girl's clothes didn't reveal anything um fred wrecker the father passed away in 2013 the Wreckers had four more children who still speak to their sisters often, or who speak of their sisters often, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, the case was pre- presented to uh, Vic Doc Society in 2005, a Philadelphia nonprofit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, comprised of experts in various fields relating to criminal justice who supported law enforcement suspects at the time. Fred Wrecker and Marty Wrecker, um, who, is his, uh, who is her brother, uh-huh. are also, also strongly believe the killer was... Uh, who law enforcement pointed to at the time, though there's no information that was given, like, specifically about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, basically, who do you think did it? Like, as of now, it's still unconfirmed because there's no DNA evidence that they could find. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not not saying that it was the hissing guy. I'm not But not I think saying. it was the hissing guy. Yeah, I mean, that sucks. 
Yeah, but like also like it totally fits the mo of yeah, but that the other guy. guy. Yeah, so I mean, and that's the hard, hard part, right? With circumstantial cases, you really need something else, and and people always get so like frustrated. But it's like, yeah, maybe he's a weirdo, but you need more than just that. You need more than just a hunch, you know? Yeah, yeah. which sucks because some people you just get you get the bad vibes. Oh yeah. And there might, there's always a good reason when you got to listen to your vibes, man. But, like, you exactly. just don't know. Trust that intuition. Um, well, that's really sad. I know. So, I mean, you know, if you happen, you know, to be from or know anyone in that, that area. area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone that might have seen something, especially if they were younger at the time. Like, they mm-hmm. do suspect that the, you know, perpetrator was in their, like, late teens, probably. Yeah. So um, probably still alive, like they said, because that wasn't. I mean, what they'd be like in their sixties, seventies, sixties, sixties, probably. <laughs> Frick. Uh, um. Yeah. It's all good. You know, I uh just moving to the dicking off section now. Yes. I was reading a news article about how um they solved this murder from the eighties using um, forensic DNA, and it's just crazy because like they essentially had known they knew it was this guy and they had taken him to trial but it, it um ended up like being kind of hung jury so sure. they, they just didn't have enough evidence to convict him and 40 years later they got his dna and or yeah i think it was forensic dna well anyways they got his dna and they matched it to the crime scene it was absolutely that guy oh my God. and they rearrested him I'll have to find that so I can link it. But, yeah, I was reading that. I was like, wow. It's just incredible, like, what they're doing now. Right? And, like, I feel like it's kind of gutsy to, like, maybe not take it to trial or whatever because of lack of evidence. Yeah. But, like... Well, because then it, like, think about it. Oh, right, because then listen, you can double jeopardy it. Yeah, like, he... he Like, so it's one of those things that's, like, real shitty because it's like, you're oh, I, ha- I know it's this person. But they just the didn't. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, so Wes and I actually also were watching a documentary on Netflix, and it was um, the girl. I don't know if you've ever watched Hot, um, Cold Justice with um, on Oxygen. It's really good. Um, but there I was just got Oxygen, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's really really good. So there was there. It's an old prosecutor, and then the first couple seasons, there's an old crime scene investigator. Her name is Yolanda. Yeah. So they had her in this Oxygen, like it was like kind of a one-off episode. And they're essentially working to identify a Jane Doe that was found in Oregon in the woods. Like, she was dumped. They didn't know how she died because they just found her a skeleton. And they had no idea who she was. Well, at the crime scene, they also found, like, a little bit of ways, like a bag of clothes and a clump of hair on a, a brush. So they're like, whoever drug her out here on this tarp, like, likely hit their head. And, like, it took out a huge chunk of hair. Oh, shit. Um... Well, so they ended up, like, this whole investigation, they followed it over, like, two years. They identified who she was using um, forensic uh, genealogy, so they traced her back. They figured out she had been adopted out by, like, a piece of shit dad, um, and she had other siblings she was separated from. Super sad. You know, had it had it pretty rough. She kind of fell in, like, you know, fell in love with guys that weren't the one, had a couple kids, and just, like, couldn't care for them. And, well, anyways, she went missing, and the husband she hadn't been married to at the time didn't report her missing, got remarried, red flags, right? This is like some real Chris Watts shit. There is literally a picture of him 
with her wearing the shirt that they found in the fucking bag near her body. I'm not okay. I was watching it and I'm like, are you dumb? Are you dumb? But anyways, it's so old now that they can't like, you know, really hardcore. Well, I mean, they know it's his. I think they matched, they matched his DNA to that clump of hair that they found, but they can't prove how she died because she was just a skeleton. And though it's suspicious, right? Like he's, at the end of the episode, like, they hadn't arrested him yet. And Moss was like, oh, my God, this is so dumb. And I'm like, well, yeah, but, I mean, technically. There's only so much you can do. Right. If you don't have all You can't prove, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't determine her cause of death, essentially, is what happened. Yeah, so, and then you wouldn't be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. And right. So, like, you. she could have died of an yeah. overdose, and he just freaked out and dumped her. Like, either way, hopefully he'll get something. But, like, yeah, it was just wild. He's trash. Yeah, he's absolute trash. He's trash. Anyways, what about you? Anything interesting? Um, so, let's see. Ooh, I just, um, I'm about, like, two-thirds of the way down with the Jurassic Park, like, the novel. Oh. Very good. Very dark, though. So, if, like, you're not into that, you know, maybe don't. But, um, very, very good. Um. Good to know. What else have we been doing? What have we been watching on TV, Zachary? Um. Oh, we've been watching a fuck ton of Kitchen Nightmares lately. I've never uh, seen it. Oh my god, you've never seen Kitchen Nightmares? Mm-mm. So basically, like, these, like, restaurants, like, either ask for Gordon Ramsay's help or they get, like, nominated to, like, get his help. Oh. And, like, they all suck. And, like, usually they're, like, high-key kind of dirty. Yeah, I get like, it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. All of about. that. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, flips them and, like, makes them all better and, like, teaches them, like, how to be successful business people and, like, chefs and shit. Hmm. And... It's, it's very wholesome, um, and, but he also screams at them and yeah. like, calls them fucking idiots. So oh, listen, great. they he did Hotel Hell, did a... Same idea. They did a... just the restaurant. They did a episode at the restaurant my dad used to work at <gasps> in Murphy's. Wait, when, it? it's, is yeah. It where, is it where I think it is? The Murphy's Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad doesn't work there anymore. Um, well, no, but I, I just didn't want to like out them unless they're doing better now. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, if they are, I went to the bar there once, and it was not. It's great. a. It's. A, let me tell you, Jamie. It's an experience. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. That's <laughs> all I'm gonna say. If you go to Murphy's, go to the Murphy's Hotel Bar. You'll be in for a little treat, Calaveras I, County I, style. I have, and you're correct. It is a, a T R E A T. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. That's my dad does not work there. Just hotel FYI, dad does no, not work does there not. anymore. Anyways, so it's you know. No. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. So it was interesting. They they did do that, and like some of the changes they made were real weird because it's a historic hotel, and like it just right. didn't look right. And we, I remember going in there after, and I was like, "What the fuck did they do?" But some of oh, the they God. they ended up undoing some of it because. It was, like, weird. They try to, like, modernize it, which I get, but, like, inside the actual hotel, it is historic, so it looked really right. out of place. Like, there's a way to do it, and it wasn't the right way that they did that. <laughs> Very interesting. So, I'll anyways. I'll find that episode and watch it. You should. I'll find the episode title, and I'll share it with you. Bless your soul. <laughs> um, it just reminds me, really quick aside, that totally reminds me of um, our old roommate, his like friend's mom was on an episode of like fucking hoarders oh shit (laughs) 
And so, like, they were, like, briefly on the episode as, like, being, like, yeah, like, she's a fucking hoarder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, my like, dad ended seconds, up, I was, like, but... pretty excited when it came out, but, like, my dad actually wasn't in the episode at all. Damn. They had, like, all of the dramatic people that worked there right. on the episode. My dad just wasn't enough drama, so. No, he just, he just worked there. Yeah, he just was trying <laughs> to get, you know, get his bread and go home. He was just vibing. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, all right. Thanks for listening. Yes. And we'll be back at you next week with another one. Yeah. Okay. Good. Bye. Farewell.